Welcome to NextCast, a podcast about teaching and learning at Humber College. I'm Nathan Whitlock, an editor at Humber Press. On NextCast, we talk to some of the faculty and staff who are leading innovation at Humber, both inside and outside the classroom. In this episode, we talk to Professor Mark Rector about his first book, which is based on course content he created at Humber. Uh, Welcome to NextCast, Mark. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. Uh, so we're here talking today because you have published a book fairly recently. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, the book is called O Canada, Our Home and Inventive Land. I'm holding a copy here right now. That's this is it. audio. You can't see it. But, um, <laughs> the cover looks really good, though. It does look really <laughs> good. Um, and the book is about the history of Canadian invention in you know history, technology, in our society. I'm sort of curious about the origin story for this book. What What started it all? It's one of those things where things come full circle. I originally started this idea. It comes from the fact that I had a a growing stack of 10 or 20 handouts I used for my students in my courses. I mean, when I started to teach electronics engineering uh, 17, 18 years ago, I thought, man, this stuff is dry as toast or sawdust. I mean, it's not interesting. It's not exciting unless you're a real uber geek like I am. And so I wanted a way to inspire the students and interest them. And so... I had known from, as a little kid, I had read a story about Alexander Graham Bell, a Canadian that invented the telephone. I was fascinated, and I'm sure that played into my electronics interest. So I thought when I got the telephone course, hey, I'm going to mention that. So I put together some handouts about Bell, and um, from that I then had a couple of others. Reginald Fessenden, who's the guy that invented radio, as we know. A lot of people think it's Marconi. Marconi invented wireless Morse code and did it in Canada, even though he was an Italian. Fessenden was the first guy to envision putting a voice or music on a radio wave. And he's a Canadian. He did that. And so I knew of those two. And my primary specialty is telecom. So hence, I had those two handouts. And then I had a few more and a few more. And it got to the point where I had about 20 or 30. And I used them to inspire the students. Like, hey, this was done in Canada. You guys are going to work in Canada. Um, And it really seemed to take off with a lot of them. They really got some fun out of it. And it was nice to know stuff. It wasn't technical. It wasn't important. But I sometimes feel to understand the bleeding edge, you kind of got to know how we started and where we came from. So understanding the 100-year-old technology makes it easy to understand the more recent stuff. And so that was the genesis. Well, four students who I inspired, really inspired, they put Humber College on the front page of every newspaper in the world when we pulled off a World's First and talked to the space station. And they wanted to do that. They said to me, their first initial thing was, that we want to do something really cool and groundbreaking like Fessenden and Bell. Mm-hmm. And that's how they came up with the idea. And so that kind of inspired them. Well, we ended up being honored at the Te- Canadian Telecom Hall of Fame. And I met a guy there who wrote a biography about one of the guys in my book, Frederick Gisborne, who did the transatlantic cable. And he was asking me, how did I get there? And I said, oh, I inspired these students and told him, yeah, I have handouts about Gisborne in my class. And he said, wow, you should write a book about that. And I went, hmm. A little light went off. A little. <laughs> that was nine years ago. I finally got to it <laughs> a year and a half ago. So... Sometimes yeah. the light goes off, but it takes a little while to... I was a know. little busy, yeah. You sure. know, timetables, schedules, yeah. So I, it kept having uh, the Genesis rolled along, and I got some more ideas. And and then it really came to fruition, thanks to my uh, previous associate dean, Vincent Shake, a phenomenal guy. He um, said to me when I wanted to go on my sabbatical, I said, what am I going to do? Because we have to do a research project for our sabbatical. And I said, I don't know what I want to research. I don't want to invent another transistor or laser beam and... He said, well, why don't you go and investigate and research that Canadian inventor stuff you're always talking about? And I went, you'll let me do that? And he goes, yeah, go and dig deep and, and maybe produce something, do some presentations for the rest of our faculty or 
maybe, maybe a handout or two. And I said, well, funny you should say that. I've been thinking about writing a book. And he goes, that's great. So this, this has been a process of discovery for you as well yeah. as anything else. It wasn't just about, oh, I have, I've done all these, these, uh, these handouts for, you know, course content. Mm-hmm. You actually went deeper into it and, and discovered this whole thing, just unearthed this thing that was sitting there waiting. The worst thing was last summer, as I'm coming down to the end, to my deadline, I kept finding more and more of them. I'm like, oh my God, now I got to write that. And I was trying to squeeze these all in before the deadline. And I just kept discovering more and more stuff. And post uh, publication, I found five or six really big ones. We invented peanut butter. Uh, we invented the uh, zero G flight suit. That's now the basis for all air forces in the world and NASA uh, based the design of the spacesuits for the Apollo missions and stuff on our flight suit developed right here in Toronto by none other than Sir Frederick Banting. And most people that are a little bit familiar with Canadian inventions or in medical, they know Frederick Banting. Isn't that the guy that invented insulin? Yep. He also helped a guy named Wilbur Franks uh, do the testing to come up with the zero-G flight suit to keep the, the uh, pilots from blacking out in these high-speed uh, multi-G turns in a, in a jet fighter. And so that was all done right here in Toronto. And, and so it just more and more of those that come to light. And so my third printing, I've now sold out my entire first and second print run. Uh, I, I did a couple of revisions and managed to squeeze in uh, uh, six or seven more uh, inventions that I missed. But I, I did a pretty comprehensive go-through. I There was almost nothing left that I didn't find uh, that isn't in the book. So I, I think it tops out, I think I'm well into 160-some-odd inventions uh, and some pretty big stuff. So, so there, there's probably a sequel in the works, or is there a sequel on the horizon? Depending on, I, I've been getting more and more requests to speak. I've got uh, gigs lined up all the way into 2020 uh, to speak all across the country about the book, and then more coming in by the day. So it's been fantastic for that. So I think I'm going to ride this one for a few years, but I did have in the back of my mind... Uh, um, a couple of ideas. Uh, well, one of the things about when you when you publish a book, especially one that you've been working on for a while and you've been finding it all this stuff, and this is your first book. Yes, uh, I did. I did actually. I've published numerous, numerous magazine articles uh, on cars and and whatnot. And I wrote car reviews for a uh, a local small local paper, and I did uh, contribute to a couple of uh, textbooks, national published textbooks. But okay. this is my first book, right? And one of the things that happens when you when you publish a book is You've been working so long on your own. You've been living with all this material. You've been obsessed with it. You've been breathing it night and day. <laughs> You've been buried by it. Probably twenty-two you know? hour days in my office last July. I sure. Was, yeah. And then you, it goes out in the world, and suddenly it belongs to everyone else. I'm curious what the feedback has been like in terms of people reading it, people encountering it. I I was scared when I did my first print run. I, I wasn't sure I could sell a hundred books. I thought if I could sell fifty, this will be great. Maybe maybe a hundred. I took the risk and I printed a hundred and fifty. I had them gone in less than two weeks, wow. going to a few museums down east in Nova Scotia where my family's from. Uh, and every museum I walked into and showed it to them, they went, oh, my God, that's phenomenal. Can we buy 15? And it just snowballed from there, and I have been pleasantly shocked. The feedback has been phenomenal. I've had people come up at, at lectures I've given and said, oh, my God, I need seven for all of my relatives. I'm buying this for every one of my techie friends uh, for Christmas. Um I've had uh, people that were not into history, not into tech, not into gadgets, could care less about this stuff. They read it by accident and said, this was phenomenal. Have you got anything else? Uh, so that was extremely gratifying. Uh, many of them said, I can hear you speaking when I'm reading this because you're so enthusiastic about this stuff. They said, I can just hear you, you know, putting in all those exclamation marks. And, 
and and uh, and railing on about this, and and they said the enthusiasm and the fun really comes through. Uh, and one person, the, the lady I'm thinking of, that said, "I can't stand history. I'm not tech at all. I don't care about these old dead people." Uh, and uh, she said, "I was just riveted." She she finished it in a weekend. She said it was page after page after page. She said, "I laughed out loud so much reading it. It was phenomenal." I'm curious because this whole thing started. This whole project started as course handouts, as just a way to kind of get students into the uh, into the concepts you're teaching. I'm curious about the if there's been a full circle where it began as course content, you went off, you published a book. What are you bringing back to the class now? What are you bringing back into your teaching practice, having written this book, having done all this research? A lot more inventions and a lot more courses that it's connected to. So that was good. Um, and it's certainly, um, again, I, I figured the students, I mean, as many students who might be listening or faculty know, it's a challenge to get students to want to buy books, uh, the textbooks. They're expensive. It costs a lot of money. I understand this. Uh, but they're they're very crucial. And so I thought there's not a chance in uh, anything that, that students are going to want to buy this. I, I had no concept of selling it to students. My target audience was the techie colleagues, my friends in academia, my former colleagues in technical sub uh, technical areas I worked. And I had no concept the students would be interested in this. And I happened to casually mention it one day in class. And they're like, can we get a copy? Can we get a copy? And I'm like, I can't get you to buy the textbook to save your life <laughs> sometimes. And they, and my God, I, I had one class. I, I said, well, I'll bring them the next day. And every single copy gone. It was like the entire class bought them. I was like, are you kidding me? I, I was shocked. And, and again, pleasantly surprised that that happened. And um, something I really didn't expect. And, and I've had a great response. I've had students show up at my lectures that they, you know, they already got the book. They didn't have to come, you know, or paid money to go see me at a museum. And, and that was just so gratifying, very touching. And uh, many of my colleagues have come out too, uh, you know, uh, really happy to see that. And uh, it's it's been just a phenomenally good experience. It just was so cool that this happened. I, I thought, man, if I sell 10 books, I'll be lucky. <laughs> Here we are, like I said, we're closing in on thousands, thousands and thousands of copies later. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Mark. This has been great. Thanks Thank for coming you. In. This has been phenomenal. I really appreciate all your support. Next Cast is produced by Kristen Valois for Humber Press with the assistance of the Creative Productions team at the Center for Teaching and Learning. Special thanks to Santino Pinozzo. To listen to previous episodes of Next Cast and to read issues of Next Magazine, go to humberpress.com. You can also find free downloadable transcripts of every Next Cast episode at humberpress.com. To suggest stories for future episodes of Next Cast or to just let us know what you think, email humberpress, all one word, humber.ca. That's humberpress at humber.ca. Thanks and see you next time. That's still not a